Lord, I surrender. Lent is that time when that should be our posture, just offering it all to the Lord, surrendering all of our weaknesses and all of our cares, all of our sins, all of our worries, and turning to him once again to build us up. In the period of time when I grew up, I was a little too young for the 60s, but came, came of age in the 70s. And those of you who can remember that period, it was a period of upheaval. There was a lot of upheaval going on in society. There was a lot of people questioning things and questioning norms and questioning authority. There was a lot of people that were just kind of trying to, to understand things. And I have to admit, even when I started to grow up a little bit and I started to ask questions, because, you know, I was told that this is what you do. This, you have to do this. This is the way it is. You have to do this. And then we all discovered that one word that drove everybody crazy. Why? Yes, you remember, right? Why, why, why do I have to go to church on Sunday? Why, why do I have to go to a priest for confession? Why can't I have my girlfriend over and sleep in my bed at night? Why can't? And we started asking all of these questions. But unfortunately, there was a generation out there that just understood that you don't do it, but couldn't really answer the question of why. And so people started doing a lot of these things and they started to violate these, these different rules and norms and mores. And it became a very tumultuous time because I believe that what ends up happening deep down inside of us is our own conscience wells up and our own conscience kinds of tugs at us and our own conscience figures out there's something wrong. And even in that generation, even in that time of my life, I could almost feel being shackled a little bit by some of the choices that I was making, some of the mistakes that I was engaging in. Today, we get the Ten Commandments. One of my favorite readings from the Old Testament. Today, we get the Ten, the ten Commandments. Now, it's amazing how many Catholics can't give me all ten, but that's another question. The Ten Commandments, God gives the Ten Commandments Thus, it proves to you and to me that God is a tyrant. He's a dictator, right? All he cares about is the rules. He, he only wants you to obey the rules. These are my rules. You have to keep these rules. Or we could be men and women of the scriptures and we could be good Christians and understand that's not the case. You can even hear it in the beginning of his giving the Ten Commandments. Maybe, maybe the average ear misses it, but it screams to me. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery in Egypt. I am the Lord your God who liberated you. That was many passages before this. This is even before, yeah, this is well after rather him Delivering the people. This is before the, pa the Passover happened. Then they walk through the sea. Then they get out into the desert. And now God is saying to them, you're free. You're free. You are mine. You are now free to worship me. You are now free to follow me. And guess what? If you want to keep that freedom in your heart, here's a good way to do it. Follow these commands. Because let's face it. They might not have asked the question why, but they understood, you know what, something is different now. And I have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with the divine. And so God set them free and then said, and if you want to remain free, this is how you do it. Anybody who's been listening to Father Mike Schmitz, whether it's in the podcast on the Bible in a year or the catechism in a year, highly recommend them both. 
If you've been listening to it, when he gets to the giving of the law and he talks about that section in the catechism, he gives a phenomenal example that, that stuck in my head and I thought, you know, that, that's really it. He says, you know, think of this very dangerous cliff. And of course, when there's a dangerous cliff, we have to be very careful. But think of a dangerous cliff with a park next to it where kids are playing. And a lot of kids are running around and maybe a ball gets thrown and it heads towards the cliff. Kids aren't going to think twice. They're going to try to chase their ball. But there's a danger. And so what do we do when we have a situation like that? We put up a fence. We put up a barrier to protect, to help, to save. We put up that barrier because we can't let someone in just a, the whim of their mind just run off the cliff. So what do we do? We protect them by giving them a fence. Well, in some ways, the way God treats us, this is like our fence. Don't go past this point because danger ensues. Sin destroys relationships. Sin hurts either you or me, either the one who commits it or the one to whom it's committed against. There is a brokenness in that. There is a, a weakness that comes out of that. There's a hurt that is so true and we feel it. And so what God is trying to do is say, listen, I want to preserve you from that hurt. I want you to remain free. And let's face it, our consciences do kick in. There's so often our conscience will kick in when something isn't right. You know, when we've said something that, that it, it, it doesn't feel right or we, we've treated someone in, the, in, the, in an inappropriate way, we, we can just feel in our hearts something kind of clicks in. Now that can get numbed over time and it can keep getting numbed and keep getting numbed. And I believe that that's what we see in today's gospel. I, I, you know, I love this gospel for certain reasons, and I don't like it for certain reasons. I, I love the fact that Jesus takes a stand. And I love the fact that Jesus says, this temple is here for worship. But look what you've done to it. Look at how you've desecrated God's holy house. Look at what you've done here. And he does it in, let's face it, a very stark fashion. Most of us have this you know, image of this you know, Jesus that always is like, don't worry, be happy, everything's going to be okay. Imagine this, this scene. He intentionally, he makes that whip of cords, he intentionally goes in and starts flipping tables and kicking people out. I think he got their attention. I think it's safe to say he got their attention. But what else is going on here lest we miss it? What else is going on? Jesus is offering us something better. Destroy this temple and I will raise it up. So this is a temple. Am I desecrating this temple? Because that's the promise he's going to make here. This is the very beginning of John's gospel. It's only chapter two. So there's still the whole gospel ahead of him. Destroy this temple. Well, do I destroy this temple through my sins? Do I wreak havoc on my own soul by the way I act and the way I treat others. But it can be cleansed. This can be cleansed. When I've made those, those sins, when I've done those things, the beautiful mercy of God is available to each and every one of us. That's how much God loves us. Rather than dwelling on the sin, which is probably how I would do it if I were in that position, I remember that time when you did this to me. God doesn't do that to us. God says, no. I have this mercy to offer to you and I want you to have it. 
I love you so much. I don't want you to be estranged. I don't want you to be enslaved. And so Jesus comes in and sets the record straight. All of those people that were in that marketplace, it had crept in. That didn't just happen. Little by little, they started to, to do. You know, and people need to get their animal for sacrifice. And when you go into the temple, it's a different kind of money. We need money changers. And little by little, the religious leaders just began to tolerate it and let it go. And then all of a sudden to the point, I don't know if any of you have ever been to the Holy Land, walking through the old streets of Jerusalem. I, I've walked through the old streets of Jerusalem during the day. The streets are very tight and the vendors are very aggressive. You know, one dollar here, and they're trying to pull you into their stores. And it, I could only picture, every time I've done that, I can only picture that being in the temple. Imagine you're trying to get through the front doors over here, and you've got all these people grabbing at you, trying to sell you something, and, and pushing things in your face, and you're going to need this, and you have to change the money. Before you even get anywhere close to the Holy of Holies, you're probably aggravated and upset. And Jesus confronts this accretion that happened and reminds them, no, 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 no. You were given this place of worship for worship, to, to be drawn near to God, to be, to be closer to your Lord and Savior, the one who loves you so much and is there for your mercy and is there to, to care for you and, to, and to, to break out of slavery. And so we have to ask ourselves, what has been the accretions in our own life? What are the things that we began to tolerate at some point in our own life that have now become regular sins? What are the things that we think now is okay because, well, I've been doing it for so long, I'm just gonna keep on doing it. You can see it in compulsive liars, those who are, who are always going around sleeping with others, those who are doing you know, all of these things where, where are, we see that there's a problem and they probably even can feel in their heart there's something wrong, but they don't know the way out. Let me tell you the way out. It's a very simple solution. The way out is Jesus Christ. He's the one who will cleanse. He's the one who loves. He's the one who stretches out his arms. He's the one to whom I surrender it all. So ask yourself, what are you clinging to? What are you holding on to? Are there sins? Are there things? Are there possessions? What do you cling to? Surrender it. Let it go. Give it off to God. Say, Lord, I can't, I'm weak, but you're not. I love you, Lord. I want to grow closer to you. I want your mercy. Here it is, Lord. Bring to confession your sins and hear those words, I absolve you. I love hearing those words every time I go. And, and for the record, I can't absolve myself. I have to go to another priest. Kids always ask that whenever I always get, oh, can you absolve yourself? Oh yeah, in the mirror, I can just, you know. I love hearing those words because it reminds me that my God is a loving God. He's one that wants me free from slavery. He's one that wants me free from my passions. He's one that wants me free to worship him, to grow closer to him. And that's Lent. Surrender it. Give it up. Whatever the accretions have been, whatever the things that have crept in, Jesus wants to chase it out. So bring it to him. What a great time of year it is to examine our conscience. Keep those Ten Commandments handy and look at them. Maybe look at that section in the Catechism where it goes into a little more detail on each of the commandments as to what kinds of things we should be looking at. What are the other gods that we serve? And let's face it, there are plenty of them. 
What are, the, what are the ways we abuse the name of the Lord? How often we don't keep the Sabbath holy? We don't go to church? I can go down the whole list. Honoring father and mother, killing, adultery, lying, stealing, coveting. We do these things sometimes, and it became so commonplace for us, we didn't even notice just how bad it got. So let's change it with the grace of God. Let's surrender it to the one who can do something about it, Jesus Christ himself. In the coming weeks, we're going to continue this theme, and we're going to continue talking about it. But let me invite you to consider confession. Let me invite you to consider our holy hours. And most especially, I think it's so important that we as a community draw together and support one another. And so I highly recommend you consider doing the 99 experience. The initial commitment is only three Tuesdays. That's all we ask. Be with your fellow parishioners to talk about some of the weaknesses that need to be strengthened and maybe get some good advice from others as to how that can happen. But we need to do it together. I'm weak by myself, but I'm strong with the community. I'm weak by myself, but I gain a lot of strength from the grace of God. And so together we come here to worship God. And Jesus will drive out all that we don't need. He'll drive away all the things that weigh us down. And he will once again give us the freedom of the children of God. So my dear brothers and sisters, together as the children of God, we are here to praise him who loved us so much that he found a way that we can be free even from our own sins. God love you.